Welcome to Stories from Southwest Virginia. Southwest Virginia is a location as unique as its people. We pride ourselves on rich cultural heritage, food, music, and the arts. Stories from Southwest Virginia is our podcast, which allows us to tell the stories of all the amazing people in this amazing region that we live in. Today's very first episode has an awesome first guest, Mr. Tyler Hughes from over in Big Stone Gap, Virginia. Tyler is a musician, an educator, and so many more things. And today he's going to be talking to us about the cultural heritage of Southwest Virginia, how our music ties into those roots, and how dancing is just as big of an aspect of the musical community as the music itself. Tyler has provided us with a great intro song called Dunbar. It's one of his originals that he performs on banjo, and he'll be telling you more about his music in the episode. Sit back, pick up your favorite instrument of choice, and join along with us as we journey into the music and heritage of Southwest Virginia. My name is Tyler Hughes, and I live in Big Stone Gap, Wise County, in Southwest Virginia. And I primarily play old-time banjo, uh, but I play a lot of traditional Appalachian music, and I'm also a square dance caller here in the region. That's awesome. Maybe you could throw me out a little bit more insight on that. So do you, like, like do the square dancing and kind of teach it too, or...? Yeah, so um, as a caller, it's kind of my job to make sure everything doesn't go crazy, <laughs> I guess, at a dance. But um, if you show up at a dance, uh, I think a lot of people are often intimidated by square dancing because uh, most people associate square dancing with that popular image of uh, everybody in matching Western shirts and big poofy skirts and everybody's got on clogs. Um, when traditional mountain dancing is uh, not quite as... Um, fancy, I guess you could say, in terms of you don't have to dress up, uh, but it can be as fancy in terms of how it's danced. Um, but there's a large community aspect on it, so you don't have to know what you're doing. You show up to the dance, and I'll walk everybody through how to do the dance before we actually do it with music, and we don't take off until everybody understands it. Um, yeah, and you don't have to have a partner. You don't have to have any experience. Uh, I always want dancing to be fun. Uh, dancing's been such an important and integral part of the communities in Southwest Virginia and the Appalachian region for so long. Um, for just you know getting people together to celebrate or uh, to come together as a community. So I want to kind of reinstill that aspect of it in the region. That's really awesome, and and that's something I think sometimes gets overlooked when we talk about the heritage and culture, especially dealing with music is sometimes we leave out the dancing aspect of things. And there's a lot of dances that I think are very unique to our particular area and, and just kind of how it's rooted in here. Um, is, do you, is there some more history you could provide as far as like how like that form of dancing kind of started? If you, if you know that, like did it kind of start in this region? Did, is that something that we kind of crafted ourselves? Um, well, like most things in Southwest Virginia or the greater Appalachian region, um, it is sort of a, a melting pot of all these different uh, cultures and peoples who came together over time and uh, who were either settled in the region or people who, of course, were already here, like indigenous folks. Um, so much like our food or much like our music, square dancing and a lot of the dancing tradition of Appalachia and Southwest Virginia 
is uh, taking little tiny pieces from cultures all over the world. Um, of course, there's a lot of European influence um, with uh, English country dance and what we kind of uh, do today known as contra dance. There's a lot of uh, those roots that have influenced it, but also there's been a huge African-American influence of dance on the Appalachian region. A lot of early square dance calls came from African-American communities uh, that were, of course, uh, slave communities in the early days of of the colonies, but, uh, you know, later became free and um, they've also influenced uh, not just group dance, but solo dance. A lot of our um, solo dance is a large mixture of European and African, and, and some folks even uh, point to some Native American uh, influence on uh, solo dance in the region as well. So That's really cool, and, and I think that's one of the things I like about our area is this the the diversity that we have here from all the different cultures from around the world that came together. And one, one of the areas that gets talked about that a lot is the different dialects of Southwest Virginia. So for me, I have a little bit of a draw living over towards like the Abingdon area, uh, like my girlfriend's family, they live over towards Richlands and even just between like Lebanon and Richlands and Grundy, those just three different little towns and communities there's so much difference in the way that we like pronounce things and, and the way that we talk. And I find that very fascinating as well, because you don't really see that in a lot of other places with, with the big diversity as far as the dialects and how the accent actually works. And and that's something I think is cool that we can hold true to this area. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, as far as music goes, uh, what's some of your like influences in that and maybe kind of like the roots and, and what got you involved in music to begin with? Yeah. Um, well, I am 27 now, so I've been playing music for a little over 10 years or more. Um, I got started when I was a teenager. Um, you know, when I first got started, I just wanted to learn how to play the guitar and I just liked country music. I like Johnny Cash and a lot of classic country. Um, and so that's kind of what I wanted to do. Um, but as I got into music lessons and got a little older, that's when I really kind of put two and two together that like our region was just this hub of musical activity and musical styles. And that's when I first got interested in the banjo. I was attending a um, music camp, a summer camp that happens here every summer in Big Stone. It's at Mountain Empire Community College. Um, It's a great camp called Mountain Music School. And I was attending it during its second year and I saw the White Top Mountain Band play, great band from the Crooked Road area. And Emily Spencer was playing the banjo. And I just remember that very first day. I was like, well, that's so cool. That's what I want to do is learn how to play the banjo and play like Emily. Um, And so I came home and told my parents that I wanted to start playing banjo. And eventually I I did get a banjo and start taking some lessons. and continued attending that camp, that's been a big part of my life is kind of education and youth education through music in the region. Um, I kept attending that camp and came on as an instructor for that camp several years ago. And now uh, I'm one of the co-coordinators of that camp. And I also work part-time at Mountain Empire Community College as an adjunct faculty uh, instructor, instructing dance class and music classes there. And I've been really fortunate to work with a lot of the junior Appalachian musician programs around Wise and Scott County. 
uh, helping getting those established and then teaching uh, kids through those. If you're not familiar with the JAM program, that's a great regional program that happens all over the Appalachian region, uh, all across Southwest Virginia into Tennessee and North Carolina, even down into South Carolina, just uh, on the edge there. And it's an after-school music program that really focuses on the community aspect of music making for students. So we bring students together once, sometimes twice a week, give them a 45-minute lesson on an instrument, but also uh, give them time to play together, teach them how to dance, uh, teach about other sort of cultural aspects from the region, like food and storytelling and uh, just all the many folk traditions that exist here in Southwest Virginia. And um, yeah, that's kind of, like I said, that's kind of a big aspect of uh, my musical life here. Of course, I also perform and I put out my own music. Um, I've always been really influenced by the, the stories of Southwest Virginia and the people who've historically lived here. Uh, that's always been a big inspiration to me. I'm quite fortunate that my family's been here for over a hundred years now, which is not very long um, in, in, you know, the real length of time, but a uh, hundred years seems like a long time, particularly in a country like ours where everything is not very old compared to how it is in uh, European nations or, or other nations across the world. So uh, but my family's been right here in Big Stone for a hundred years now. So uh, I've been fortunate to kind of know the history and to grow up around the history of this community. And um, that's really influenced me to play music. And it's also influenced what little bit of writing music that I do. Um, I've always been interested in local musicians who've come before me, folks like Doc Boggs or the Carter family and even some from uh, generations closer to us. I've always been a big fan of folks like Rich Kirby and Tommy Bledsoe and a lot of those folks that were hanging around Wise County in the 70s uh, making folk music and old-time music. Um, so, yeah, I've got a lot of different influences and a big kind of sphere of the musical world that uh, somehow I managed to keep it all weaved together. It all makes sense in my head, so... Yeah, that all sounds super awesome. And, and and I like the fact that like how you told your story about how you've got to where you are. So it's really cool to hear that you, you know, you looked up to these different areas and then you got yourself to the point where you, you were in those spaces that you once were looking up to through that kind of love and passion for the, the region and your music and stuff. And I think it's really cool. You play the banjo too. I, I have a very sweet spot for, for banjo playing one, cause I've never played it. I, I remember when I was a kid, I was probably around five, six years old. Uh, my grandfather, he always played old time bluegrass and he would get together with all his buddies and they would just pick all these songs and play. And I used to love just sitting in the floor and watching them on the couch, just jamming any tune. It didn't matter what it was. And I always kind of had a fascination with piano, but it was just too big of an instrument to get into for, for my home at the time. And so one day he gave my older cousin and I a couple of instruments and he chose to give me an acoustic guitar and he gave my cousin the banjo. And both of us were slightly unhappy with our choices because I always was like, I, I really want to play banjo, even right. five-year-old me. And my cousin didn't want the banjo. He wanted the acoustic guitar, but that was the instruments my grandpa wanted us to have. And I respected his decision and 
I just started playing guitar and I, I never really went anywhere with it, but I just, I, to pick up an acoustic guitar and just jam with people, you know, just throwing out a chord and just getting in that unison. It's just so much fun. And I, th- I think that's one of the reasons that music is this universal thing that we all can relate to it. You know, it doesn't really matter the genre or anything, just play music together. It's kind of like a universal language. And I think that's something you can use to speak to a lot of people. But, um, as far as like uh, uh, venues throughout the area, um, you said you, you tour around and play a little bit. What's what's some venues that have kind of been an impact to you from the Southwest Virginia region? Oh, goodness. Well, um, one of the great things about Southwest Virginia is it seems like every corner you turn, there's a fantastic venue and uh, there's constantly new venues opening up. Um, but we're also lucky to have these really historic, uh, long-standing places where people have made music for so long, too. So, um, of course, I'd be remiss not to mention the Carter Family Fold and uh, just what a spectacular place that is to play, but also just what a great place to experience music. Like, I love to just go there on a Saturday night and just dance and listen to a band as much as I love to perform there. Uh, too. It, it means so much to kind of stand in these places where your heroes um, from all over the area, but also all over the world have stood too. Um, we're really fortunate here in Big Stone Gap. We have the Southwest Virginia Museum, uh, which is actually a historic state park uh, in downtown Big Stone. Um, while it's not constantly a music venue, they Uh, The staff there have always put a huge focus on having local music on the park grounds and in the museum's halls. So they host some really great events that uh, I've loved playing at over the years. They have a coffee house and a lunchtime series on the uh, Victorian garden and lawn in the summer. And then they put on a great festival um, each spring, which of course is unfortunately not happening this year, but will happen next year. Um, On Memorial Day weekend, they have the Gathering in the Gap, which is a a celebration of regional music here in Southwest Virginia. Um, I also just love kind of the more kind of gathering focused venues you know we have a great tradition all across the united states but particularly in the southeast and in the mountains of the southeast of uh, fiddlers conventions which are just there's nothing more epic than going to a fiddlers convention for a weekend um so i always love going up to galax and i i've competed there a handful of times i usually uh, get with some friends and you know, hop in the band competition. Um, but that's really just for fun. The real, um, the real excitement and, um, the real enjoyment that I get out of it. It's just being able to go up and hang out with literally hundreds of your best friends and musician friends from all across the region and again, all across the world and just play music for three or four days out on the campgrounds and uh, get together and have dances. The last couple of years we've, um, we've kind of went rogue in some of my friend groups and we've been hosting a square dance in the middle of the road um, on the backside of the campground. And anybody who's been to Galax knows that that's kind of a main thoroughfare. And so we just, uh, we'll just keep dancing until the car comes. And then we just try to work that into the dance somehow to get everybody to spread off, off the floor, the dance floor or the road for a minute and let them pass and then just come back together and uh, keep on dancing. So that's always a lot of fun too, I think. 
brings me a lot of fulfillment. Definitely sounds like a lot of fun. And it sounds like that uh, if there's anything I've learned throughout the years of being involved with music is that the more people you surround yourself in that similar kind of passion, the more you learn because everybody knows some kind of new secret. And I feel like there's never like an end to being able to learn with music. And especially when you meet around these people that have been doing it for many, many years, there's definitely a lot of techniques that they have and just tips and advice. And I, I think the best learning experiences I've ever had has been outside of say like a classroom and just experiencing, you know, the, the stories and the, the information that's given to me by other professionals out there. Cause it's just, it's unreal. The, the amazing stuff that's out there. Yeah, definitely. We are so fortunate to live in this corner of the world. Um, you know, the, the folks that I've always looked up to who are heroes of mine, um, we live in such a wonderful and welcoming community in the Appalachian region and particularly in Southwest Virginia that, you know, most of the time you don't get to meet your musical heroes and some of those you still might not, you know, if you, if you like somebody who's, you know, ultra famous, you may never, uh, unfortunately kind of cross paths with them. But, um, if you want to meet like some of your favorite superstars of regional music, we're so fortunate that they live right here in our backyard and they're all incredibly wonderful, warm, welcoming people. Um, you know, I've always, that's another, one of my favorite parts of going to Galax is just getting to hang out with some of those heroes, folks like, uh, Kay Justice from the Withful area and Jim Lloyd from Rural Retreat, and Eddie Bond and uh, Emily Spencer again, all those folks who are, you know, legacy music makers now in the Southwest Virginia region. Uh, you can just walk up to their campsite and say, Hey, so, you know, I've always really appreciated your music. You want to play a tune? And, you know, probably 99% of the time they're going to say, yeah, sit down, let's, let's play some music. So. Yeah, definitely really exciting to be able to do that because, you know, I think about some of the, the larger acts I know and in, in not even just like the, the folk genre, but even like rock genres and such, it's, it's so hard to get to meet them. And even then, if you do get to, the time is so limited. So being able to walk up to somebody and, and pick with them. And there's, there's a few notable ones that I, I've met over the years that I've had the pleasure of getting to meet and kind of hang out with, you know, uh, of course, Wayne Henderson over, over in that neck of the woods, like super awesome guy, very, very talented in what he does. And uh, a couple of years ago, I got to meet uh, Nathan Stanley, Ralph Stanley's grandson, and he was a really nice guy. And just the, the fact that everybody, like you said, lives around here and you have that ability just to walk up and meet them. And they're so kind and, and generous and all the people of Southwest Virginia, I think that's one of the things nobody around here is really a stranger. You might not know everybody's name, but you probably know everybody's face. And, and I think that's one of the things we're lucky about in these smaller communities is, is to have stuff like that. So um, I guess one of the last things I was going to ask you today, I know you said that you write some original tunes and things like that. And you got a few places that the folks could go and check out what you got and maybe listen to some of your, your music. Yeah, I'm uh, really excited to be working on a new project that I'm putting out called when the light shines again, which is, uh, my first solo album that I've put out in about five years now. Um, so that's, uh, it's been an adventure, been learning experience, but uh, it's a project that I'm really proud of. It's a collection of coal mining songs, primarily from Southwest Virginia. There are, of course, others from other regions that have had an influence on uh, 
the coal mining communities of Southwest Virginia. Um, there's some original music on there, and of course, a lot of covers of traditional music, a lot of those classic kind of uh, labor influence songs like Which Side Are You On? And, um, and lots of music from other places too, like a great Carter family tune, the Coal Miners Blues. And then the title track is one that I wrote, uh, When the Light Shines Again. Uh, was about my papal, who was a coal miner for over 30 years. He was an underground coal miner um, here in Southwest Virginia. And a couple of years ago, we sat down and we kind of, I wanted to do an interview with him just to kind of get his perspective on uh, working in the mining industry and uh, what that means now, uh, particularly now that coal mining is not uh, such a major influence economically on Southwest Virginia. I wanted to kind of get his thoughts on all of that. And, uh, he just said so many great things. And as I was driving back one day from a gig, I just got this idea about um, writing this song uh, sort of based on his experience as a coal miner and what he thought and um, his insight from that interview. So that song is uh, based on his perspective and also my perspective as a, as a young artist who uh, works in music full-time in Southwest Virginia and somebody who has some really high hopes and high expectations for the future of this region and what can be done um, for our communities by embracing our cultural identity and our cultural arts and continuing to um, push and market those as a way forward for our, our communities to not only, you know, keep creating the beautiful art that we have for hundreds of years, but uh, offer some job opportunities and, and to offer some opportunities for tourism and visitors and um, so on in Southwest Virginia. So you can check out more about that album and that project at TylerHughesMusic.com. Um, you can will soon be able to listen to it on uh, Spotify and iTunes. It's not out yet, but um, you can go to Bandcamp and purchase the first single um, that's out there when the light shines again. So, and I think we'll include links to those things somewhere in the digital space of this podcast. So um, we'll get those to you. But yeah, and also there's a great uh, page on my website uh, where you can contact me and I'd love to hear from you. I love meeting new folks and uh, love receiving mail from folks. So please uh, send me an email and uh, be glad to chat with you. Yeah. Thanks so much for all that. We'll definitely find some spots out there to get some links to anybody that wants to listen to the jams and everything. Super exciting stuff there. Um, I, I like that story too. Like uh, it makes me fascinated to be able to hear what you're writing and putting out there. Like the, the whole story about like the coal mining and such, you know, I, all of us that live here in Southwest Virginia can relate to that in one way or another. And, you know, that's, that's the thing I think that's so great about music is that we can continue telling these stories and kind of keeping that history alive. And I, I think that's something that's being lost in a lot of areas of the world today is when so many things goes to these automated processes and built by machine, the, the music that we create is one thing that's, you know, it's not going to be a machine making that. There's always going to be a person behind creating that music and putting that emotion into it. And I think that's something special about the music of this area and, and the people from the artisans, from the ones making the, the instruments to 
producing the music and, and even beyond those stretches into the world of art. I think that's just something beautiful about Southwest Virginia. And I'm glad you're a part of it and, and keep pushing that out to everybody and telling the stories and trying to keep, keep our heritage alive. Yeah. Thanks. Um, it's true. You know, that I've always said my favorite thing about Southwest Virginia is just simply the people of Southwest Virginia. I don't know of any, people who are more loving or more hardworking or more dedicated to the places they live uh, than my neighbors in Southwest Virginia. And, uh, you know, contrary to what mass media can often try to tell us about ourselves, so many people in the mountains live such extraordinary experiences and such extraordinary lives. And, uh, you know, we can share those stories and share those extraordinary moments through the music and the songs that we sing. So. Awesome. Well, Tyler, I appreciate you coming on to talk to everybody today and I definitely love the stories and I'm sure everybody listening will as well. And anything uh, we can do for you in the future or any information you'd like to get out there, just give us a shout and we'll definitely love to reconnect with you on down the road when maybe things start to open up and get some events going and, you get out to playing again or do some live stuff we'd definitely love to tune in and listen to you yeah thank you so much for having me on today yeah definitely and you have a great day and we'll see everybody on the next episode Thank you all so much for tuning in to the first episode of Stories from Southwest Virginia. And also, once again, special thanks to Mr. Tyler Hughes for coming on the episode today and providing us with a lot of great information. We hope that you'll tune in with us next week as we speak with Mr. Dylan Locke from over in Floyd County, Virginia, as we talk about the county store, some music programs for youth groups, as well as the county sales. A lot of valuable information dealing with music and history here in Southwest Virginia. If you'd like to find out more about our podcast, be sure to visit our website at visitswva.org. You can also subscribe to our podcast from any of the major podcast platforms such as Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and right here at anchor.com. If you'd like to be featured on an episode or have some stories from Southwest Virginia that you'd like to share, be sure to send us an email via the links in the description boxes below.